right, everybody. Welcome. Welcome to the Eric Anders Lane Show. Pretty excited for... Whoop. That's Instagram. Pretty excited for today. I got uh, um, a little wild here on Instagram. If you uh, if you aren't on the Instagram feed, y'all, I don't know what to say. Um, but got a lot of comments here. I posted a thing uh, Sunday morning that said, for tomorrow's Eric Anders Lane Show podcast, let me know if you have any topics or questions. I have two peach ice cream sandwich hats for the Masters. These are from Adidas. It's a pretty sick uh, white hat with a green underlay on the bill. And in the uh, there's like an embroidered uh, Georgia peach ice cream sandwich that obviously you can procure at Augusta National during the Masters. Um, all right, I'm just going to go through and read the questions. And at the end, I'm going to pick two that, um, that uh, are worthy of of this hat. I'm not going to read all the questions. Obviously, I'm just going to read the ones I want to answer. I haven't organized it like I said I would do last time I did this, so bear with me. By the way, happy Monday. I hope you're all having a great start to your day, or if you're listening to this in a year, well, goodness gracious, catch up. Um, All right. Uh, Let's see. You know, hang on one second. All right. Sorry about that. Uh, type 88 says, what are the biggest struggles you've dealt with traveling and playing golf? And what's the most rewarding part of traveling and playing golf? Um, you know, I would say the biggest struggle is just time and bandwidth. You know, um, there's, there's never enough time to do everything you want to do. And in a sense, that's my favorite part about the idea. You know, a game of golf is not that different from the experience of traveling. And that's not the different from the experience of living your short life. Um, we go through a round of golf and we you know, ironically, sometimes think, geez, this is taking a while, which happens in life too. Um, but it sure doesn't take a while when you're with good friends in a nice place. Uh, nice place is up for uh, interpretation there. It could be your home course. That's a, you know, a dog track as it were, which honestly, I love dogs. So dog tracks aren't that bad anyway. Um, or if you're playing well, you know, so we kind of experience that as well when we're traveling, right? I mean, oh, I only have six days in this place. I want to do everything I can. And, you know, invariably that attitude leads to getting worn down, which is just a reality. Like I'd rather, I'd rather get super worn down and need a day of sleep in its entirety than sort of remain rested and even keel the entire time. But that's just, that's always been me. It's kind of an extremist, um, thing. And so, you know, as well, when life comes towards the end, the most precious thing anyone can have in their life is what they call an NDE. Are you familiar with an NDE? Stands for near-death experience. People who have near-death experiences um, really go out and live the life that they wanted to live, that they didn't, that they weren't. And so I don't know if my LSD overdose at the age of 17 was a near-death experience. Um, it certainly was close to that. And, you know, uh, I don't know. I don't know what you would call it. But I do know that I, I try to live each day as though it were my last, kind of like the samurai mindset today is a good day to die meaning i've done everything that i've needed to do in my life i've told everyone that i love them i've devoted uh, my time and energy towards things that are meaningful and i've played the golf the way that i would like to be remembered to have played it i had fun i tried hard and i dealt with the reality of such a difficult game with open eyes right and with the chin up you know, Fred Couples has the best posture in the game. I'm never going to get through all these questions. Um, you know, Fred Couples, man, shoulders back, sauntering down the fairway. You know, doesn't slump, doesn't slouch. Um, the most rewarding part of traveling and playing golf is absolutely the experience of sharing it. 
whether that's in a story, whether that's reliving it with the crew um, a year later, talking about Thailand or Iceland or wherever. It's also the experience of putting it on YouTube. Um, and then and then also the experience that's very rewarding is uh, meeting people on, on the way. Um, what will happen after Tiger's gone? Wants to know P. Patry 55. I have no idea. I'm sure some other one will come at some point. It might take a while, but you know, I mean, I don't know. That's a, that's a, I, I don't, I don't know. I just don't know the answer to that. Um, favorite on the course refreshments. I like a, hang on. I got to respond to this text. All right. Um, I like a, uh, seltzer with cranberry and lime. Best merchandise to always, uh, take time to check out. I like a belt or a, uh, hat. Best club merchandise. You always take time to check when you go to any RGC. Um, yeah, I like a belt or a hat, a little dad hat. Uh, best games for 9 or 18, match play, my guy. Uh, Delai Luma, um, Derek here is curious to know if I think the Masters and Augusta National are at odds with your outlook on golf. Um, difficult to say on the eve of heading to Augusta, right? Um, I will say, if you really want to get into that, uh, there were two podcasts I recorded this time last year about the experience of playing Augusta National, which I was lucky enough to have bestowed upon me. And uh, the experience of being in the media center. I mean, you know, there's a thousand ways to spin it, right? I mean, but the experience ultimately is once in a lifetime. And, you know, there are great things happening in the game of golf, left, right, and center. I mean, Fred Ridley is obviously doing great things. So check that out. Um, DR Gross wants to know if I think golf comes off as too stuff inexpensive for the average person to get into. Would you say it's an intimidating sport? Um... Yes. <laughs> Alk Trio 06. Now that you have signed with TaylorMade Golf, what are your feelings on players that have turned down money and have mixed bags? Kepka and his success last year is very intriguing. Alk Trio 06. Um, yeah, I would agree. I mean, you know, uh, I think that's always very interesting. Um, you know, I, I didn't read this question before reading it out loud, so I'm a bit uh, stumped. I don't know what to say. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Pro golfers, like, I, I always think that's interesting, the decisions they make regarding their money. I've talked with lots of pros about the clubs they play and the money that they were given to play them. Obviously, I'm in a different scenario, right? I mean, I'm, you know, I can play any club and play badly. I can play any club and play great. Um, the team at TaylorMade is something I can get behind. Obviously, the product is superior. That's that's obvious. There's no way Tiger Woods is saying, all right, well, it's a, it's not a good club, but I'm going to take the money. Tiger's playing the best club out there, right? It's just period, point blank. Um, but, you know, Ryan, uh, I'm sorry, Robert Rock uh, doesn't wear a hat, and it's a style decision on the European tour. And he, um, gosh, I'm getting a phone call. I'm going to answer it. Hang on. Anyway, Robert Rock, you know, he takes a pay cut to not wear a hat, which I think is a really cool decision. Uh, Colin O'Keefe, quote, everyone wants to kill the king, but the prince, he just sails along telling all the ladies, one day I'm going to be king. That's just a quote. There's no question there, folks. Honestly, solid place to get a hat, Colin. I like it. Uh, Dion V, you are a filmmaker and a golfer. If money was not an issue and you had to pick only one to do for the rest of your life, which will it be and why? Wow, I'll be honest with you. Reading that made me really sad. I wouldn't want to pick. Honestly, it'd be very hard to because I don't think that I would be satisfied just playing golf. And I know that I wouldn't be satisfied just making films. Uh, I, I actually can't answer that. Harrison Blake, what? who are your biggest mentors today? Hmm, wow, good question. Um, 
I mean, I think, you know, I draw inspiration from a lot of different people. Steve Martin, obviously one of them. He is able to, uh, you know, in his career has written books and, and written films that are of a serious nature, but also with a definite uh, comedic element to them. If you're not familiar with what I'm talking about, watch L.A. Story. That's my favorite movie. Um, you know, it's a wonderful film, even if you don't really know about Los Angeles. Um, you know, I, I, I mean, a mentor is tough, you know. Um, I think it denotes an element of personal relationship. Obviously, Anthony Bourdain and I never met. Um, but, you know, I think it's a lot of it is about who's, who, who inspires me, right? I think that's a lot of how I look at a mentor, and, and, and I would say that's true. St. George's Golf, three courses on your bucket list. Ooh. Well, I really want to play Somerset Hills in New Jersey. I'm a big fan of Tilly Hast, and I grew up in New Jersey, and I just feel like that's a special place. Um, I don't know if I have three, though. Uh, Lamb Higgy, why is it that at the course my family has a membership at I'm able to wear whatever I want around other members, but if I'm going to be outside on the grounds or upstairs where they give tours, I need to have all the nice clothes and stuff on? Um, very simple answer. I do not know. Moss3294, when will we be able to see your video with John Ashworth back up on your site? Respect. Good question. I also don't know the answer to that. Soon, hopefully. White 11 is golf the best vehicle? The best vehicle to learn more about yourself, learn more about a place, and learn more about the people you're playing beside. Uh, I mean, you said it. Absolutely. Uh, Bevan Crawford. Uh, golf is in a period of trying to grow the game, but from what you've seen through Adventures in Golf, would you say that the spirit of golf is very much alive and it is the big corporate slash expensive clubs that are needing to grow the game. I play off a of 29, and I'm an avid fan of golf. Yes, the Terry Edies and Cowrie Cliffs are on my want list, but I'm at home when playing on backcountry courses. Uh, yes, I would say that that's true. Um, very good. You read my mind, Bevan. Uh, golf in your state. With such a similar mindset on the current culture of the game and how we travel, I'm curious which people have inspired you the most bucklist destinations uh, you've yet to experience the people you'd most like to travel with that you haven't already all right you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna answer this question i'm gonna pause and i'm gonna get through i'm just gonna pick the questions that i want to answer that aren't sort of statement oriented even though this quote here i'm gonna read again everyone wants to kill the king but the prince he just sails along telling all the ladies one day i'm gonna be king colin o'keefe you legend florida state alumni in st pete Anyway, um, back to golf in your state. Um, uh, which people have inspired me the most? Um, you know, it's not someone you've heard of, right? It's 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 someone that just sort of told it like it was, right? It's Tim from Cross Creek. It's Mike Mega. It's the people that you discover, kind of like if you were on that show, Antiques Roadshow, and you found a watch that meant something to you or to someone close to you, that is the inspiration. It's not so much people that have the same job or anything like that. The inspiration comes from the the, the found, right? Um, bucket list destinations, no. I don't have a bucket list. I, I'm sure I want to play Somerset, but if I die tomorrow and I don't play Somerset, that's not what I'm going to think about. I'm going to think about something else, something much more personal. Luckily, I have the opportunity to travel with the people I would most like to, my family. All right, I'm going to read some of these and come back to you. Hang on. Um, okay, Crockett, good. I have a three-wood that's almost 20 years old. Do you, thinking about a change, do you think new technology has an edge over confidence in a club? 
yes, I, I do think new tech is good, but I've always been that way. I've always been about the new, whether it's a phone or a camera or a computer. So a golf club for me, this falls into my thing. You know, for a while I cringed when Akbar would pull out a persimmon. I did ultimately end up liking the persimmon, but I, if you gave me two clubs to hit, I would hit, I would hit the wet, the metal. I'd hit the new one. Uh, you know, I just, I don't know. I don't see why not. I, I'm into that stuff. I don't think you need to spend a lot of money on it. And I don't think there's any, you know, anything wrong with buying a used new club. Uh, that's great. Uh, ZKane15, what is one thing that you would like to see change in the current state of the game, whether it be the professional game or for Joe Schmoes like us? Zach, you look like a cool guy. Um, all right, I'm going to dig into that one. I think... You know, the th- and I've said this a lot, but I think the thing that really needs to change is it, it's hard because, like, I could say to the, you guys listening, women, men, kids, fathers, grandfathers, grandmothers, my parents, um, what 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 might need to change may have nothing to do with you, right? Um, what might need to change is we need more John Ashworths, right? We need more um, local courses that are low key that allow newcomers and kids to come to the game without a stigma without pretense and without like a list of rules that you get handed on your way through the gate. I think that's what needs to change. And I think it will, but I think it's going to be hard. So, I mean, for you listening, I mean, what needs to change? And I feel like we're all on the same page here, but what I think that comes into in the personal experience of playing golf is, um, is the wave, you know, is the hello, is the welcome to the newcomer. You know, we kind of miss that. A lot of religions got it. You know, there's no one knocking on my door like a Jehovah's Witness telling me about the benefits of playing golf, but there should be. There sure is. I was going to say hell. That would be ironic. There there sure should be, though. You know, there, there really should be people singing the praises of golf. And maybe we need to take it upon ourselves that X number of times a year, we need to bring someone new out to the course, and we need to take that burden of teaching them okay, well, here's how you hold the club, and here's how you do this, and I'm going to teach you how to do this. This is what I know. We don't do that enough. We shrug and we shun the concept of bringing someone new out to the driving range. We really do. Um, Adidas had a really great event uh, at the Kia about inviting her, right? Inviting the, the, the female golfer in your life or non-golfer in your life out to the course. That's what I think needs to change on both sides of that. And, and I, like I said, I think a lot of us, a lot of the listeners here as a community, we're already into this, right? We're already talking about this. So, you know, this isn't some type of dogmatic directive. It's merely a reminder. And and really, it's a reminder of a discussion point on the golf course with the other three people that aren't involved in that, that aren't, that aren't seeing it that way, that are kind of, you know, oh, what is this group taking so long? And, I, and I'd say that too, but then I just play through and I say, thank you, excuse me, sorry, there's a hole ahead. There's an empty hole. I'm going to go play it. Oh, okay. Do you think, uh, from Austin Dick... Do you think you would have experienced golf the same way as you do now if you got into it earlier in life? Simple answer, no. Um, I think golf is a very complex sport, and it demands a, a curious and, and, and persistent level of patience and questioning to see it the way I think we see it, right? Um, I think that my passion and love for the game is directly derived from the fact of time and place. I picked it up at a time of my life when I was searching for something. 
I couldn't tell you what it was because it wasn't anything, right? I, I was becoming, right, well, I don't know at what point you become a man. Hemingway said it was when you have a son. Um, so technically, according to Hemingway, I am not currently a man. I would probably argue that fact. <laughs> Maybe it's when you pay your own bills, Um Maybe it's when you just take responsibility, uh, but and then this goes for women too. This is not uh, this is not a, a male only podcast, and I really do my best. Um, but uh, but but you know that that searching for something, I, I couldn't tell you what it was because there was no definite search. It was just merely uh, you know a wandering, and that's kind of how I try to structure the narrative of a lot of our episodes. Is there's an element of wandering. You're searching, but not for anything in particular. It's kind of like you're hungry, but you don't know where you want to eat. You, you want the food to find you. You want to stumble across it. And so golf did that for me. Um, I was lucky enough to have never played it. And so as a filmmaker, as a curious person with a camera, I was able to see it with a fresh lens. And that's probably why it fits so well for me into the content, right? Is because I'm, I'm basically trying to define this thing or understand it. Both impossible. Good question, Austin. Um, Hafer wants to know, he's a two-part question. When am I making another record-setting podcast guest appearance? Maybe in Augusta, my friend. Second part, best possible master's food mashup, chicken and pimento. I, I'm not a big fan of the pimento cheese. I like the fried chicken sandwich, and I like an iced tea. So is that a mashup? I don't know. Whoa, this is a good question from Gary Lines. Uh, Gaz Lines 90. What would you be doing if you said no to your brother instead of yes? <laughs> That's a really good question. And it kind of dovetails into what we were just talking about. And interestingly, the question in between these two from Fernando, um, Fernando Adame, uh, it's not a question and I wasn't going to read it because it's kind of, I don't, I don't, I don't know if I totally understand it, but it, it kind of dovetails here. Eric's journey into golf from first picking up a club to where you are now as one of golf's largest social media icons. So at first I'm so, and it's interesting that then at this question, where would you, what would you be doing now if you said no to your brother instead of yes? I mean, it's a strange thing to ponder. Um, I mean, I would probably be in the Hollywood grind. You know, I'd probably be uh, trying to sell a show to Netflix about some other travel show <laughs> where I'm like, you know, it might be like a uh, how do they build houses in Peru or family values in, uh, you know, um, the uh, the um, Zacatecas down there in Mexico. I don't know. It would be incorporating travel. I'm absolutely sure. Who knows? I might still be playing golf, even if I had said no. Maybe golf would have found me anyway. I don't know. Um, why does it look like you have a carpet on your music stand? <laughs> That's uh, for reverberation. Uh, so it's like it dulls the uh, the sound and the um, the reverb, if you will. Okay, this question from Stu Beresford. Uh, he's got a good one here. He says, you need to tell the story of the kid I care for who heard your podcast in my car, the one about titties and foreplay. Uh, he's now having lessons with the local pro. He's 12 years old, for goodness sakes. And so the, the message that Stu sent me uh, in January says, so I manage a children's home for unfortunate young people who have been sadly removed from their parents. 
I'm an avid listener to the pods and a viewer of the tube. On Monday morning, I was driving a young man, age 12, to his education placement whilst listening to the podcast dated 28-1-19. I believe that's January 28th, 2019. Around eight minutes in, you began to mention intercourse, orgasms, and nipples. The 12-year-old now wishes to accompany me to golf this weekend. Nice one, Eric. Another convert to the golf game. And I wrote back, oh my God, it worked. Um, so anyway, that's the story from Stuart. Great job, Stu. Really respect what you do, man. I love it. Thank you for that. World needs more people like you. Um, B the physio, Brad Morrison says, is ACE cam one of your best ideas yet? Well, no, because it's not my idea. Ashley Mayo of golf.com and an 8am golf and golf magazine. That was her idea. And basically, we were playing golf one time, and she pulled the camera out, and she said, Ace Cam. And I said, what's Ace Cam? And she said, I record every par three in case someone gets a hole-in-one. So that idea was graciously stolen. Uh, I do give her credit when asked, though, obviously, like I just did. Um, best public courses you played in each state, Jonathan? I'm not sure I can do that. But Rustic Canyon in California is obviously the top of my list of any state. Oh, Beth Page, that's a good one, too. Uh, ooh, that's tough. Different sides of the country, so maybe I can pick both. Um, Adam, Adam Lewis, hard-hitting, hard-hitting question here. Have you ever thought about being a dad at some point of your life? Yes, in fact, I have. Many times, all the time, especially when I quote Hemingway about what it means to be a man. Um, no, I, I, I thought I would be a dad, actually. I thought I would already be a dad. Um, but, you know, lucky enough, I do see my life now as in some ways the work I do is a large part my, you know, my primary creation at this point in my life. Um, 38 years old, uh, on the first, on the early part of 38, I'm lucky enough, you know, I, um, I have seen my sperm swim under a microscope and the doc was pumped. He was like, dude, we look at quantity and quality. You've got both my friend. And I looked at them under the microscope and they were bugging out. I mean, I can't even tell you what it's like. If you if you've ever seen if you've ever seen your sperm under a microscope, I swear you're laughing right now. Because, well, I don't know. Maybe you're crying. I don't know. Maybe they were lame. I don't know. But for me, that feeling was that was maybe that's when I became a man. Was when I actually saw those little guys just trying to make it happen for me, just giving me a little Anders. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, of course, of course, I have Jason Homan. Um, have you ever looked into or played alongside any of the all abilities golfers that are getting more recognition than they ever have? Um, yes, I have. I have. I'm not sure I understand that completely. Um, but, um, yes, definitely. I did a piece, I believe, uh, that relates to that, that, that will, will release soon. Um, uh, Moss 3294, uh, Ronald Moss is curious to know, um, his favorite, one of the favorite videos we've done is champions dinner with Tommy armor, the third TA three which is in my phone as I keep trying to link up with Tommy Armour, but he's a busy man. Uh, I can't find that on YouTube anymore. How can I access this? I don't know. It was on scratch TV. Maybe they took it off. Bad call. Also, any chance you can do a new longer piece with him, either video or podcast. Absolutely. I'm going to look into that. Absolutely. Um, your favorite hole and shot at Augusta. Do you love how the U S masters has kept its old school traditions? Of course I have. Uh, I, I love the eighth hole at Augusta. It's an unsung par five up the hill. I was lucky enough to hit the fairway on my tee shot. And then I drew a nice three wood up there to the front edge that kind of got a soft bounce and kicked back. 
And then I, and the, the pin was front. So I was green light all day for Eagle. I thought I chipped up right past the pin. I thought I was going to make the putt for birdie. And indeed I made a par, but it's got the best views on the course. Absolutely. If you go to Augusta, make sure you get up onto that eighth fairway and look and try to look back. It's, 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 um, it's a stunning view of how the seems like all of Georgia and America unfolds underneath you. I'm oh, sorry. I mixed those up. That was from uh, from Dale Fairless. Uh, Moss3294 says, as you have attained a higher public profile, do you find it difficult to balance anonymous regular life activities with those created by the higher profile? Uh, I mean, not really, man. I mean, I just go to the golf course, you know? I mean, sure, like, I, I'm not going to, you know, we it's essentially, you know, it's funny. Like, going to a golf course now, it actually feels more like home than it ever did because, in a sense, if, if if I go to a golf course and I meet someone who is interested or inspired by what I've done, well, goodness, I mean that's that's a homecoming, you know that that's a, that's a that's a finally we get to meet each other, you know what I mean? Um, and it doesn't ever interfere. Right? I mean, my whole situation is centered around the idea of the random golf club where we meet on the first tee as a foursome, none of us knowing each other, right? That's ideal. So no, not at all. I, I, in fact, I think it only opens up more opportunities for more, whatever it is. So absolutely not. Uh, walk-up song? Ooh, I like um, I like some doo-wop. You know, I like some oldies. But I've been listening a lot to Electric Guest. Let's fucking play this song. Hang on a second. So yeah, so I've been, I've been digging this band Electric Guest. Kind of chill, right? It's good. I'll play it for a minute. You can fast forward if you don't like it. You know, I realize that's not a great walk-up song. It's like, that's just a song I like right now. And it's called Glorious Warrior by Electric Guest. I All of a sudden, I feel like a radio DJ. How exciting. Um, all right. Um, anyway, a walk-up song. I mean, geez, I don't know. Um, what's that song by the Rolling Stones? Um, Beast of Burden? No? No? Yeah, I, I don't know. Walk-up song's hard. I thought I came up with it once, but I can't remember it right now. Uh, Corey, 3977, last week I experienced what could I only describe as the most tranquil moment of my life while on the golf course. Wow, lucky you, man. That's awesome. This course was empty for six holes either side of me, and I was surrounded by only the sounds of nature and my own thoughts. How much of a reflective experience is golf for you? 
I mean, all the time, man. You know, that that's one of my favorite moments is when on a tee box or a fairway or a green, you get to just sort of stand and take a deep breath while you wait for your partner to hit or something. And, you know, you just get that moment of breath where you look around and you realize, for me, a lot of it is I realize, where am I and how have I gotten here? And each step, I mean, if you consider all the steps, just footsteps in your life, from the first one you ever took that maybe got applause in the living room on a Christmas morning to now, right, to, to that little spot. I mean, I always think about this art piece that I wanted to make that would basically incorporate every step of my life on a map in India, Brooklyn, New Jersey, uh, Hawaii, California, Tokyo, Australia, New Zealand, Scotland, Bali, right, Fiji, um, you know, Shanghai, um, France, Spain, Switzerland, Germany, Italy. Well, how did we get to all those places? And, and what moved us in different directions? It's always a reflective experience. Always. For me, it doesn't need to be on an empty course. Um, you know, it's just a moment. Because you can look around on a golf course and you can find a view where you're alone. Um, da, 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 da. Does play <laughs> Emily. Oh, hey, Emily. How you doing? Uh, Emily Sisson. Sisson? Uh, Sisson? I don't actually know how to pronounce your last name. Uh, but I will soon. <laughs> I watched the uh, Super Bowl at Emily's house last year, uh, two years ago. Does does playing Augusta still feel like a dream? Absolutely. It it feels like a dream in the sense that a lot of things feel like a dream. Um. So yeah, yeah, it does feel like a dream. I'm gonna take a quick break and then uh, we'll be right back. All right, everybody, got a quick word here from Precision Pro Golf. The makers of award-winning golf rangefinders is offering their best deal of the year exclusively to listeners of the Eric Anders Lang Show. That's right, my listeners, you, literally you. If you're listening to this right now, I'm talking to you, at you, on behalf of you. No, on behalf of Precision Pro, but, but I'm speaking to you with my voice, as you can tell. Back to the script. My listeners are getting the absolute best deal on the rangefinder that my golf spy said is the best value rangefinder on the market. So right now, the NX7 Pro Slope rangefinder is on sale for $40 off in celebration of a certain golf tournament in Augusta, Georgia, which I am actually mere minutes away from. But it's even better for my listeners. Check it out because you're going to get the Precision Pro and you're going to get $10 extra off. If you type in uh, Eric at the promo code is E-R-I-K. So that's $50 off. So if you do the math, which some of you are good at, I know. Some of you are not. I also know that. So by that math, that means that our listeners can get the NX7 Pro Slope for $50 off at PrecisionProGolf.com. I did already do that math for you. So that was a bit of a, I kind of did the work for you there. Sorry. It's the beginning of the golf season for most of the country. And now is the perfect time to add a rangefinder to your bag. Um, personally, I've been using the NX7 Pro Slope for a while now. Um, it's kind of nice because you can tap it and then it just finds the stick. You can also use it on bunkers or trees, which obviously both of the things you do not want to hit. So in that case, you're trying to avoid those obstacles. So hit it longer or shorter than the number that the NX7 Pro Slope gives you. Obviously, that's course management. That's not uh, That's not where we, we don't really get into that topic very much. But anyway, the NX7 Pro Slope comes with the industry-leading precision care package, that includes, check this out, this is actually the best deal. 
It includes free lifetime battery replacement services, a two-year warranty, and all the features that golfers want, like slope-adjusted yardages and pulse vibration to let you know when you hit the flag. Go to precisionprogolf.com to add the best rangefinder to your bag today. Swing with confidence, hit more greens with Precision Pro Golf. All right, folks, you know my favorite golf shoe, don't you? I think you do. It's three-stripe life, y'all, and that means Adidas. Um, and so anyway, I just wanted to tell you that when I, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of the tour 360, obviously, and, uh, they've made a huge update to the tour 360 and, uh, the two letters that it's concerned with are the letters X and T. Okay. The tour 360 XT changes the game. Okay. It's lighter. So your feet feel even better after a round. By the way, a light golf shoe is what I'm all about. A heavy, there are some other companies making heavy golf shoes. And I'm just like, by the way, I weigh enough. There's enough going on. I'm carrying a golf bag. I'm carrying my team. Um, Tor XT changes the game. It's lighter so your feet feel even better after a round. And it still features that boost, y'all. Do you know where boost comes from? It And boost is cool because it only comes in black and white. I don't know if you noticed that. And actually, they the guy who made boost like was going to bring it to some other, you know, they, they were shopping it around. And everyone else said no. Adidas was like, I'll take that boost even though it's only black and white. And what did Adidas do with it? They made it awesome. I'm looking at boost right now on my feet boost on my feet uh and it has an x-shaped traction system that gives you insane stability literally it's not sane it's literally crazy your feet will literally be like i'm crazy best part it comes in spikeless Ooh, that's tight the first spikeless ever in the history of the tour 360 crazy comfortable and perfect for the course get your pair at adidas.com thank me later follow adidas golf for all the latest and greatest that's all true statements right there check it out go support adidas because they're a good company good people i like it Hey, Sklar Brothers here, Randy and Jason, and we have a couple of podcasts. If you you know them or you don't know them, check them out. We do View from the Cheap Seats, which is sports and comedy, and we have a podcast called Dumb People Town where we break down stupid behavior done by stupid people in this stupid world of ours. It is hilarious. Check them both out. And now, check out this podcast. Okay, we're back. It is becoming abundantly clear that I am not going to get through all these, so I'm just going to keep going. Anyway, yes, Emily, uh, uh, playing Augusta, excuse me, playing Augusta does uh, still feel like a dream. Um, maybe not as dreamlike as some other golf experiences I've had, like Ireland with my uh, my, my parents and my brother. That for me was a was a really special special day. It was combined with one of the first um, you know jobs I really did outside of adventures in golf, aside from the Vice commercials, which was. We left, I left from Old Head and got on a plane and flew to New York to interview Dustin Johnson at the Adidas press conference, which was the beginning of that partnership, which was a really wonderful opportunity. And so, you know, there's a, there's, I oh, just, uh, there you go. Turn the lights on. Um, yeah. So it does, it does feel like a dream. Absolutely. Um, uh, here's a good one from Brandon Freeze. When is the last time you paid for a round? Uh, let's see. Um, When's the last time I paid for a round of golf? I hope this doesn't take me too long to figure out. I paid for the round I played in Orlando at Deltona. Um, I believe that was $40 for 18 uh, the afternoon of a Saturday. Um, I was willing to pay for Torrey Pines last week, um, but but they didn't even have a tee time. They couldn't even get us out. Um I usually the deal goes is that hey, you come on out, um, you know, you play for free but pay for the caddies. 
And and then what I do in turn is I, I really try to um you know, all the one you know, when you pay for golf, what you're doing is you're you're paying for the salaries of the people and the equipment that they use to make the golf course possible. So I wouldn't ever really go to a golf course and not um and just and just sort of skate. Right. I mean, that seems a little bit uh, selfish to me. So I'll usually try to overcompensate with any of the grounds uh, with the uh, outside services guys, you know, cleaning the clubs, taking the bags, um, you know, any of that stuff. Or if we have a caddy, I I really try to be generous with all that stuff. So, you know, I mean, like I played Sherwood the other day and I gave Josh, um, you know, more than was recommended because that's just, you know, I, I don't I don't. I, the ironic thing is that I can pay for golf, you know, um, uh, but, you know, I know that in service, in trade, you know, uh, talking about certain places is valuable to people. Um, so, you know, it's, it's a, it, that's the answer. <laughs> that, that's where I'm going to stop. Um, <clears throat> T Ford 38, Tony Ford wants to know if you were inviting someone to play golf for the first time and they said, why should I golf? What would you tell them? That's a tough one. I think I would say, why not? Like, what do you have to lose? Like, just try it. Like, like, just get it. You got to get somebody hooked before you can sell them. You know, it's the old salesman technique. Want to go for a test drive? Want to go for a test drive? Try the crack. Smoke the crack. Just let me smoke the crack before you knock it. Um, uh, Mojo Stop Boxes uh, <clears throat> wants to know why, as an Australian, he feels so uncomfortable with the prospect of playing golf this summer when I holiday to the USA. It seems a lot more daunting, expensive, and uncomfortable for some reason when here in Australia I'll play anywhere with these. Tim. Um, yeah, I mean... I think that's the perception of golf in America. And for sure, there are more private courses in America than anywhere else in the world. And the rules of private golf are more like that. But that's not the case. The truth is there are a lot of great public courses in any state that you go to. You just got to find them. And like I said, go to Fried Egg or go to Sugarloaf to find your hidden gems. That's where you go. Uh, what's more fun, Wolf, he wants to know. Hey, Ben Wolf. Ben Wolf, the man. Um, featured in the Oakmont video. Uh, what's more fun, making a 30-foot putt or hitting a great drive on a tough finishing hole? Definitely the 30-foot putt. I feel like I can hit a good drive these days, but the putt, the, the putter is a little cold, if you know what I mean. I need to get that thing out of cryotherapy. Um, and Pagden, Noah, wants to know what more we can do as EAL fans to show our appreciation and support and support you in a way that increases your value within the entertainment industry and allows you to keep doing what you're doing. Wow. I was not expecting that. Um... Well, Noah, you get a hat. Done. I got one hat left. Um, dude, that is such a really cool thing to read. I, honestly, I think it's just ask more questions like that. I, there, There isn't any one thing that we can do. It's merely just going out there and treating the golf world like everyone's your friend and reminding everybody that we have to do some things, you know? And, you know, whatever it is, stepping up to the plate in whatever scenario that is, you know? I mean... I had a caddy once who started making racist jokes and I said, it's not funny. You know, it's, it's about constantly being vigilant with the behavior that you would be okay with your five-year-old hearing or seeing. And that, that comes down to sexism. It comes down to racism and it comes down ultimately to the inverse of that, which is inclusivity, right? You know, there needs to be a term for making fun of people who don't know how to play golf. That's not cool, man. Like it's just not, it's only cool if you're making fun of yourself because we've all been there. We seem to forget that there was a time that we didn't know how to grip the club. So, Noah, I would say that's the answer. I don't know what you do. Uh, the answer, the question about increasing my value within the entertainment industry. I mean, uh, 
I don't know. That's a slow process. We just do what we do. You know, we just keep making it, you know? Sure. Like, share, tag, subscribe, double tap, follow, click, link. I don't fucking care. You know what I mean? I'm trying not to curse. I'm sorry. Um, I don't care. You know, if you like it, you like it. You know I mean? If you want to... The main thing, though, is as you go out in the world and you have the discussion that is valuable. Uh, I'm just going to read all of these and then I'm going to just double back, I think, on Thursday and do another one of these. Who wins in a skins game? Fried Egg Sand Sand wants to know. Batman or Superman? Do you think Superman has an over-the-top golf swing? I don't know. I've never seen them play golf, but kind of leaning towards Batman. Love Christian Bale. Brandon T. Hall. Which adventures in golf surprised you and for what reason? Um, Absolutely. Cooper Petey was a bit of a surprise. You know, we rolled in and out of that location really rapidly in season three. Um, I wasn't really expecting too much from it, to be honest with you. I kind of was like, this is an ungolfable environment. We're in a dust bowl. And, you know, it just it's just different. And I think it was actually that's what made it perfect. Not to mention we were sort of right at that point in the trip where you get really tired and you need a day off. But we, for some reason, don't ever schedule days off because what would you do on your day off, my friends? You would play golf. So that ends up being exhausting. But Cooper PD was definitely like for the short amount of time that we had and the limited amount of kind of, um, you know, uh, story, I think we did a really good job. Like, I mean, Bob, the in the venerable editor, Bob, um, did a really wonderful job of that episode. So so content wise, that surprised me as well. Iceland, right? Iceland was we started off with a ditch like we ditched the episode. We went out for the Arctic Open and we we bailed because I was like, this is not an Adventures in Golf. This is just an event like every other event. And we still made something happen. So in a way, both of those actually sought to uh, th- both of those led me to kind of a conclusion that looks something like we can do this anywhere at any time. As long as we maintain our um, intent on curiosity, then we can do this and we just need to follow that. Um, but, but yeah, that, that, that's a good question. Um, Brandon cam easy 40 Cameron Miller lacrosse player over at Eastern university. And he's number 29 top shelf, baby. I play a little lacrosse. Um, is there something that golf clubs in the United States should take from golf in Scotland or the surrounding areas? Absolutely. Listen to Gil Hans's podcast for that. Honestly, just dive into Gil Hans. He goes deep into the Scottish traditions versus the American traditions. They should be semi-public or private or whatever. (laughs) People should be allowed to roam the grounds. Dogs should be allowed. You shouldn't be able to play from the tips unless you're in a medal. You should play match play more regularly. And you should socialize in whatever group you're in. Airswing Media. My man. Oh, interesting. Um, Airswing Media. This guy has got the drone on lock. Um, we texted a bit and, and he, and he really messaged me something beautiful, um, about his father. Um, what is the meaning of golf for you now after being almost totally submerged in it the past few years? Has it changed hugely from just being playing the game? Um, uh, sorry. Has it changed from just playing the game? Um, you know, I mean, it's always changing. I mean, in my current state now, I'm getting more and more focused on score and technique and practice and swing and, 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 um, 
you know, what they call the, um, the, uh, the, um, the, the, the course management, if you will, and, and sort of looking at the tee and being like, what is the best club to hit here? What is the best shot to hit here? Can I hit a cut right now? I'm actually not playing a cut anymore, friends. I'm playing a draw. I'm back to the draw. It's moving right to left confidently. Not a hook. Not a hook. Don't say that word. Who said hook? Snowball? Don't say hook. Um, no, it's a draw. It's a nice draw. I would have to say it falls left. That's the way we're trying to talk about it. Um, yeah, it's, it changes all the time, and I wonder what it's going to be like next. I don't know. Uh, Cahill 850. Oh, no. I just I just skipped out of all the comments here. Hang on a second. Uh, yeah, why isn't match play more popular? I don't know. We should get into that more. More match play. I don't know. Let's keep talking about it. Um, if you could combine the front nine and back nine from any two golf courses to form a new 18, what would they be? Oh, boy. It would be the front nine at Royal Aberdeen and the front nine of Western Gales. And that is not the correct answer to your question because you asked me something different that I don't know if I have the answer to. Um, it's a good question. I like that. Uh, this is from Zach Rothman. It's a long, it's a, okay. So much of golf industry today reinforces the idea that you have to have the newest technology to be able to keep up on the course. When in fact, a lot of tour pros continue to use older clubs and tech doctored to look like new products. I don't know that to be true. Uh, I found that it discourages a lot of golfers, especially those beyond the beginner stages, but not quite tournament players. I know that you've touched on being able to have fun with any clubs, even with a set from a thrift store, but what advice would you give to that golfer who's frustrated and on the verge of giving up because he or she feels they cannot afford the game? I understand the need for club companies to make money, but I really believe if they were to stop coming out with new clubs every fiscal quarter, the game of golf would grow more effectively. All right. Now, look, just because they come out with clubs doesn't mean you have to buy them, number one. Number two... They come out with clubs at that schedule because the golf, uh, you know, the golfers, we have told them that we will buy them. Um, and that's not a guilt trip. That's just us buying them. And ultimately, they are in business. And, you know, a fried egg is anti-endemics. And I'm not. I don't care. I, I have to buy clubs in order to play golf. Um, I always did. What would I say if you were going to give up the game because you can't afford it? Well, there's ways to afford it. You know? It's not as cheap as basketball. I know that. And I and I and I do not like that. But you need to find the course that you can afford and you need to go there. And you need to buy clubs that you like that that work for you that you can get at uh you know, you don't need to go to a thrift store to get a a a a, a 50-year-old iron with a chewed up grip cuz you know, Putting new grips on a club is going to cost you the same as a as a four year old set of uh, irons. Just get used clubs from your store. Go to eBay. I don't know. I mean, you know, we we you know the the, the former CEO of American Airlines said, "Look, the reason why your experience of flying sucks is because you told us that's what you want. You, the customer, told us you wanted the cheapest possible airplane seat, so we gave it to you." We took away the food. We took away your check bags. We took away your ability to get through the line quickly. We took away the overhead space in some cases. But that's because that's what you told us you wanted. And we are making money because we have a relationship. A lot of, it's funny, one of the USGA facts we heard is that when you compare satisfaction rates with golf and with airlines, they're the same. <laughs> People like playing golf as much as they like flying on a plane. Now, 
luckily I fly pretty well, so I do love golf really well. But you know, I mean, dude, if this is your, if this is, if this is the issue for you, 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 it's on you to find a way to make it work. It's, it's not the club companies. You know, you can resent them all you want, but they don't care. They are in business. They are making money. You know, TaylorMade didn't go to the PGA show this year because they deemed it unnecessary, right? Um, what does that say? Well, it just says they're spending money the way that they want to spend it, you know? Um, but ultimately, you know, our new clubs, yeah, great, fun, awesome. I love a new club here and there. But is it necessary to enjoy the game of golf? Not at all. Not at all. Obviously, your skill level really does make a difference. As your swing improves and changes, you might want to get fit. You know, I was surprised to find that my clubs need to be one degree upright to prohibit from, um, you know, grabbing the heel and turning it over too much. Um, I'm sorry, from grabbing the toe and blocking it. When, 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 the, when, the, when it was toe down a little bit, when my divots were toe down, basically I was uh, perpetuating a cut because the face was staying open in the turf. This is science. I mean, th- this, is, this is almost like what's less important is getting brand new stuff, and what's more important is getting the stuff that's right for you. So that involves getting fit. I do recommend that in whatever capacity that you want to do that. Obviously, you're going to be around a single digit if you're looking for that. You know, if you're rocking a... <laughs> I just got a nice text. If you're rocking a, um, you know, a, a 20 handicap, like, don't stress about the clubs. Just go play. They're not going to fix your cut or your slice. They're not going to fix it. What is going to fix it is practice and short game, you know? Um, but, you know, at the same time... Uh, at the same time, Zach, I, re- I relate, and, and, I, and I know what you're saying, but, but I do think that um, if someone is so frustrated that they want to give up the game uh, because of endemics doing their business, then, then, then they should look inward because the frustration with the game is not the fault of anyone who's selling something because the, you don't have to buy it. You don't. But they did find that people will buy a new club every other year, and that's why they come out with them on that schedule. So, you know, buy it, or as DJ Pihowski from No Laying Up says, or don't <laughs> like just don't buy it. No big deal. Um, Patrick Turner, ninety three. <coughs> Let's talk Canada. When are you going to do a lovely adventure up here? The maritime awaits you. Laid back golf, dogs, and beautiful scenery should be right up your alley. Respect. I would love that. I'd have no idea when. Um, send your ideas for adventures in golf uh, to us online. The link is if you go to Eric. Uh, oh, okay, Google. Oh, let's check the LPGA standings. Uh, hang on. Yeah, so uh, go to the website, ericanderslang.com, and on the upper left, there's the three buttons. You go to hit us up. You buy a hat, then go to hit us up. And that's how you fill out the uh, the um, suggestion box for new uh, AIG ideas or vlog ideas. So, Patrick, uh, hit me up if you got specific ideas all around the world. We just um, locked in season four of Adventures in Golf. Applause. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so season four is we're going to be shooting it August, which is great, great news. I'm so excited. The Scratch team is fully on board with bigger, better production. Um, we're going to tighten it down. We're going to try to incorporate all sorts of amazing locations. Um, I actually have to do that right now. I have to write out what we're going to do. So ideas for Avengers Golf, go to go to ericanderslang.com and then find the hit us up bar and just write it in. And that's the, that's the most efficient way for you to get your idea to me and my team. Um, a lot of you guys, I know if you've sent a message in the DMs and I haven't responded, I apologize. I have just been swamped. I, I haven't been able to dig through the way I used to be able to. And I know that 
you know, that's meaningful uh, to you guys as it is meaningful to me. You know, I was, I usually do it on a flight when I get Wi-Fi and I just dig through and I, and I just try to chug through all of them, but I'm about two or three months behind. So, you know, if you haven't gotten your message read, I am, I am sorry. If, if you believe that what you're saying is really mandatory that I get at it, go to the hit us up page, write it in, especially if it's an idea for an episode, send us as much information as you can on it. And we will see that. Um, I, again, I do appreciate all the messages. Um, I am, uh, going to read last one here and then I'm going to circle back. This is from, uh, Thomas Lawson, T Lawson loved your podcast regarding the fellow with the USGA and globalization. Currently a third year at Virginia tech majoring in smart and sustainable cities. And I was wondering if you could expand on that and give me some leads where I could find more info. Oh, I actually have no idea how to answer this question. Um, maybe Brian's, if you're referring to Brian, who's talking about how golf is good for non-golfers. Try and find him. He's a very approachable guy, and he'll do that for you. So, sorry, I don't have the answer to that. Shanks Golf, uh, number one, social media is attracting more young people to golf. Do you think this is having an effect on course etiquette and general respect for the game? Uh, no. Two, what are your thoughts on women's golf? Uh, will the annual golf ladies program at Augusta give women's golf a new perspective? All right, that's my last question for the day, and I'm going to finish on this one. Uh, thanks, Shanks Golf. Uh, new York City and Melbourne, my man. Um do I think w- w- women's golf is is really where I would see a largest part of the problem with golf right now is, um, you know, really, you know, I struggle playing courses that have different rules for women than they do men. And I've considered a boycott personally. I'm not sure that that's actually possible. I'm, I'm looking into whether that's even possible on my end, just from, you know, the responsibilities I have to my job. Um, but I think a, a, an, an immediate priority regardless is the discussion needs to be uh, brought out. And I've talked about this with all sorts of women, um, you know, uh, whether they're in uh, golf business entities or, um, you know, commissioner uh, roles of um, the, the tours that, that, that run around. And, and we're gearing up towards basically talking about this on a bigger scale. Will the... Um, uh, will the women's amateur have a big part to play? Absolutely. Um, it's a step in the right direction. There is a bit of a struggle that I have when I run into the scheduling conflict that has it drop the same week as the ANA, which is a women's major that is a very important, uh, you know, facet of golf, male or female. And as well, I'm not sure why amateur women are playing before professional women. These are not, um, you know, simple discussion topics to uh, go through. There are obviously many, many factors at play, both for the LPGA, the PGA Tour, the PGA, the RNA, the USGA, and Augusta National, that they all have to work on this. But rest assured, I am positive that all of the entities that I just mentioned are working their best towards making this game more inclusive and more sustainable as we move towards a healthy and happy game where everyone feels invited regardless of where you come from and what you look like. Okay. So, you know, I, I think the answer is that yes, it will definitely help. But I think the second part of the answer is, but we also have more gas to, to use. We, we have to hit the pedal and we will, and we are, and we will continue to do that. And that is something that I am going to focus 2019 on in a large part is discussing that. If you're a longtime listener, you'll know that when I started out, my intention was to have guests on the podcast every Thursday, 
alternating male and female. I haven't been able to do that, and it's to my own frustration, um, but I really do my best to make both sides feel and sound heard because to me, the stories of people bringing them out to the golf course, either by the mother or grandmother, um, you know, uh, women playing golf, couples playing golf, Ashley and Jeff, you know, that is something that for me is perhaps one of the most important aspects of the game that I think needs to be deeply adjusted. And I don't, I'm not saying that there's a problem with a boy's trip or a buddy's trip at all, but I am saying that there is some subtle subconscious relationship with the game when you look at that silly acronym that makes no sense when you look at golf standing for something other than the beautiful game that is loved by everyone regardless of gender. And if you don't know the acronym I'm talking about, I'm not even going to say it because it disgusts me more than some slurs that you could hear. Uh, golf never was intended to be just a man's game, okay? And if you're listening to this, I'm sure you already agree because we're on the same page. But what it means is, is that when I get a message from someone saying that they showed an episode to their significant other, and invariably she thought, wow, golf isn't what I thought it was, that's on us, each and every one of us, to go out and remind them that it's not what they thought it was. And slowly but surely, one by one, as missionaries and pawns in this large game of chess that we're all playing equally, we will do it. Um, and it is, and it is like I said, it is very important for me to to really inspect that. And so I do plan on creating some type of larger piece of that. And actually, that is my question to you. Do you have stories that you want to add to that? Please go to ericandersline.com and hit us up button and let me know. And and I'm and you know, we will we will incorporate some of those. I, I think that as I sit here now, I realize that, you know, maybe that needs to come more up in my schedule, right? We've got a lot of things going on. It's the we're going to Atlanta, we're gonna to go to Sweden, we're gonna to go to the Masters, we're gonna to go to Bandon, we're gonna to go to Big Cedar, we're gonna to go to Royal St. George's, we're going to go to Rick Shields' YouTube um, tournament, then we're going to go to the British Masters, then we go to Bethpage. And I haven't even been home. So, you know, like that brings us into uh, May, and then we go straight back to Royal Portrush and, uh, you know, and then a little bit of Scotland for the RNA. And it's just, so I really am interested in this, and I, I hope that you are too. And if you have something to share or add to that, please do. Um, I apologize that I've only gotten through what felt like eight questions, but um, I will continue. I've so far given one hat away. Uh, I'm going to need to find out who I gave it to. I'm sure I'll remember. Yeah, it was Noah Pagden. Noah, um, D I'm going to hit you DMs right now. Uh, send me your Addy for the hat. My man. Um, cool. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening. Have a great week. And like I said, um, pending further review, I will uh, do volume two of this podcast on either this Thursday or the next. It depends on what happens. Obviously, life's an adventure. and We have no idea where the ball is going. Have a good one.